Hey there, today I'm sharing with you my conversation with Matt Steen of Chemistry Staffing. Now at Chemistry, their goal is to help churches find great staff members and staff members find great churches. Now we get into a conversation about the hiring process, what to do before you write that job description, and the parts of the process that are even more important than the job interview itself. So if your church has found itself in a hiring cycle lately, and I think a lot of churches are, then you're gonna to wanna to stick around because Matt's gonna give you some can't miss tips. And we're gonna get into those right now. Hey there, my name is Mike, I'm a church helper, and my goal today is to help your church make every decision on purpose. Now this episode is gonna be really great and to make sure you don't miss the next one, I'd love for you to hit that like and subscribe button right now. It really makes a difference to us over here, both as an encouragement and to know what to put out next. Well, you're in for a treat today because today my guest is Matt Steen of Chemistry Staffing. Matt has served the local church for over two decades as a youth pastor, a church planter, and an executive pastor. Matt has a BS in youth ministry from Nyack College and an MDiv and an MBA from Baylor University. He's certified as an urban church planter coach by Redeemer City to City and as a Stradop facilitator from the Patterson Center. Now Matt has made a career of helping churches thrive through intentionality, clarity, and creating healthy cultures. He is convinced that a healthy church is led by a healthy team with great chemistry and loves partnering with Chemistry's churches to do great things for the kingdom. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Matt Steen. Well, hey there, Matt. Thanks so much for uh, joining me today. Really appreciate you being here. Hey, man. It's, it's, this, is, this is fun, man. I'm, I'm excited to spend some time with you. That's good. Uh, so uh, for people that don't know who you are, can you just start with that? Um, a little bit about yourself and then how sort of chemistry happened, what that path was, and, and how you got to where you're at. Yeah, how chemistry happened. That's a that's a great way of putting it. So I I um so I um, I'm currently living in Orlando. It's my my wife Teresa and I are here with a two and a half year old greyhound. Um, okay. Who, you know Nelly Nelly says hi. Um, we um you know been been here for about two years and um but I've been serving with churches for. 20 some odd years. We'll leave it at that because anymore I feel old, but, you know, served as a youth pastor, was an executive pastor, planted a church, um, did, did all the things. But, you know, one of the recurring themes in my life is I, I constantly had a side project that was in the capital C church. Um, and just what, just to help me see what was going on, you know, outside the walls of, of the church that I was serving in. And, the last one of those projects was chemistry. You know, we, we launched chemistry about five years ago. Um, three years ago, I jumped into it full time, but really it was one of those responses just to, you know, frustration and anger, you know, like, right. like all good things that start are somehow, you know, you, you get mad at something and say, <laughs> we need to go fix this, you know, never, never thought that I would be the, you know, the dreaded church headhunter. Right. But what my, my co-founder and I, we, we, really came to the realization, you know, we're both church geeks and it's just like, we, we want to see churches get healthy. And the low hanging fruit for us was, was finding people that would be in place for the long term. Right. So I, I don't know what it is up North of the border, but, but down here, you know, average tenure of a pastor is about three years. Right. And, and so we figured that if we can get it to five, 
you know, just the stability that comes from that is so good for the kingdom. And so that's, that's really what kind of drew us into this. And, and, you know, like I said, first couple of years, it was, it was a part-time role for me as I was serving as an executive pastor. And then we came to the point where it's just like, you know, this has taken off. So we either need to jump into this full-time or we need to dial it back. And so, you know, this, this is the rest, as they say, is history, I guess. So it's been, awesome. been a fun run, man. Most days it's the greatest job ever. So, <laughs> I mean, I've really enjoyed, you, you know, you and I got to know each other a couple of years ago, you were on, um, uh, a thing with Rich Birch and yeah. uh, I think I reached out and we just chatted and, and that was yeah. great. And I've enjoyed following, you know, everything that you've put out since then. And, uh, it, you know, if, people don't stick around through the whole interview, you know, go to the web, the, the amount of resources you just have on your website yeah. for hiring and candidate search are unbelievable. So I really appreciate everything that you guys have done there. It's, it's unbelievable. I just, thank love, you. I love engaging with it. And so yeah. I'm so happy to have you here today because obviously we both know we're going through a season where um, pastor turnover is extremely high in all yeah. positions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other, like, uh, yeah, I mean, all ministry positions turnover is, is quite high. You know, you and I were just chatting a second ago about how, um, a lot of people are exiting ministry almost yeah. as many as you're trying to find new positions for. Um, and so churches are stuck <clears throat> in this spot where they're constantly in almost a, a hiring cycle, uh, you know, and, and maybe they've got their senior pastor in place, but then their youth pastor goes, or maybe they've got those two persons and then their children pastor goes or their worship. Like it, it always seems right. like a lot of churches that I'm talking to are in a hiring cycle. Um, and it's very reactionary. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to you know have a conversation with you to say, you know, when churches are starting that process, what, what are sort of those first steps? What should they be looking for? How, how do you begin that process? Well, and yeah. you carry it through to a, a place where you've really got a good candidate or a good option at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, so a couple things, right? Um, we, we say this a whole awful lot, but you know, youth pastor, whatever role comes into your office, sits down and says, "Hey, I'm out." Right. Um, you know, the tendency is to go on to you know whatever job post site immediately after they they leave your office. And, and put up the old job description, put up the old posting and, and right away, let's try to, let's try to refill that. Right. Um, and, and I get, I get why you do that. Um, but that's probably the, you know, that that's probably the worst thing that you can do. And so a lot of what we tell people to do is just kind of sit down, you know, breathe, you know, take, take, just take a minute. Take a minute, you know, <laughs> count to 10, whatever it is that, you know, but, but just kind of sit and, and soak in it for a minute, right? you know, it, learn, learn from that. You know, we, we put together, um, you know, a, a playbook for when people kind of leave and it's just, you know, the, the big thing there is before you do anything, you need to have an exit interview with that person, mm-hmm. right? Talk to them about their experience, learn from that, you know, and then the next thing, you know, isn't go and, and post it. It's, you know, breathe again, right? <laughs> you hear this, you'll hear this time and time again, but then start to ask some hard questions. You know, it's like, you know, is that role what we need as a church now? Mm. Do we need to step back and ask some hard questions about, you know, where are we now as a church? How have we gotten to this point? You know, does our future, does our vision rely on that role in order to be successful? And, and if not, you know, it's, it might be a question of, okay, so what, what role, what would be a better hire there, right? right. 
there's there's no rule out there that it's like you got to refill the exact same position over and over again. You know, whenever somebody leaves your team, you want to you want to mourn that you want to send them off. Well, you want to you know, sometimes you want to celebrate it, but you don't do that publicly, Um, you know, but (laughs) just saying it's real. Um, But but, you know, ask the questions. It gives you it gives you a natural point to be able to stop and, and take a look from, you know, a higher level and say, okay, so what what is the next best thing for us? What what is our next best step? And, and the other piece of this is just, you know, keep in mind, God's not surprised that this person's left. Mm. You know, this is this is sometimes when we forget our theology, we, for, we you know, we, we, we start to panic. You know, God, God is not surprised by this. You know, God, God is still last I checked, he's still on the throne. You know, he's still, you know, guiding all of this and, and, and has a pretty good idea of what's going on. So, you know, this is one of those times when, you know, panicking is going to, is going to hurt you. Right. And so take the time, ask the question, step back. Sometimes there needs to be some reorganization. I'll share some, you know, resources with you. We've got a reorganization playbook. That's good to ask at these times, you know, it's what's working in that area. What do we need there? You know, those, those types of questions, but take advantage of that um, and really ask some of those hard questions ministry wise. So that that's where I would start. Right. I mean, we can we can dive into some of the things around, you know, how do you do a search or what are you looking for and that kind of stuff that that's helpful. But I mean, does that does that make sense so far? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a ton of sense. Just being very, very intentional about what your next move is. Right. I, yeah. I think we've seen that a lot. You see, uh, you know, maybe the same position go through two or three people in a row. Um, and then, you know, you say, oh, well, you know, maybe we just haven't found the right person yet, or do we need to tweak the job description or, or, Hey, we know somebody, maybe we'll tweak the job description to fit that person. Have you seen a lot of that? Like, have you seen that before? Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's a wise call other, uh, but most times it's not. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you might have a job that you're, that you're crafting in a certain way. And all of a sudden you find somebody that not only can do that job, but can also do a bunch of other stuff that, that, that the church needs. Right. And in those cases, you know, if everything else lines up, then by all means, expand the job description, tweak it for that person. But if you're, if you're at a point where you're just kind of getting desperate and you know, this guy and you know, they're nice, you know, they're, they're not quite (laughs) everything that we want, but you know, you know, bless their hearts or whatever it is that you guys say north of the border, you know, it's just like, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's take a chance on them. A lot of times that leads to frustration, you know, and if you're, and if you're in that situation where, you know, you're, you're going through people, you know, maybe every three years or so, and you're just waiting to find the right one and you're just not sure, you know, I, I tell people sometimes, you know, if if the smell keeps following you around, you got to check your shoe. Right. You know, and and maybe it's not the people that you're hiring, but maybe organizationally you got some hard questions to answer. Right. Because if 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 you don't need somebody to do whatever, you know, if if you really don't need somebody for that role, it doesn't matter how amazing they are. Mm. You know, it's they're not going to help what right. what it is that you're trying to do organizationally as, as a church as a whole. You know, if you if you keep hiring youth pastors, and the big weakness and the big glaring hole is in your children's ministry, right? you know, that, that's not going to get fixed. Right. Right. It just, it, it just isn't, you know, unless there's some miraculous, you know, whatever, but so that, you know, take the time, be intentional and really kind of lean in and figure out what, what it is that you, that you genuinely need as a, as a church. Yeah. So, 
one one of the things, and, and this is you didn't ask about this, but um, this this is for free. So <laughs> you know, one one of the things that we're looking at down here, um, and and some of what we're we're encouraging our churches to to rethink is how heavily staffed they are. Okay. You know, so what we're seeing is um, with everything that's going on, you know, COVID wise, with everything that's going on society wise, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are leaving ministry. Right. Um, and, and for good reasons, for burnout reasons, for, you know, for people are just kind of waking up and saying, I just can't afford to be in ministry anymore. Right. Um, and so some of what we're encouraging churches to do is, is, is say, Hey, can we consolidate some of our roles? You know, do we, you know, if we're a church of, you know, 300, do we really need four or five full-time staff, Right. you know, or instead of paying for, you know, instead of paying five people to be on our full-time staff team, what if we got some really sharp generalists um, that could oversee and develop people mm-hmm. and release them on our team? And then we're able to pay them, pay them better, right. you know, so that, you know, we're not in competition with Jeff Bezos. Right. You know, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what Amazon's doing up there, but I mean, it's like, you can, you can make 45 and get really good benefits and, you know, they'll pay for tuition down here. And the cool thing is, you know, Jeff Bezos doesn't call you at 1130 on a Friday night saying the worship was too loud. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> and so one of the things that we're encouraging churches to do is let's, let's rethink what we're paying. Do we really need to be staffed at the level that we are? Right. Do we need to rearrange some things and find some people that, that are more developers and, and release ministry to volunteers? But that's, you know, that that's probably a whole different trajectory than what you were thinking we were, we were going to be talking about. So No, I mean, that's great because it's, you know, it, I think one of the things that we've talked about a lot too, as we've uh, helped churches is, I mean, first of all, just how quickly ministries get siloed when you get people yeah. who are experts in an area. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have people that are an expert in a, in a particular area. Right. Uh, and then two, how dependent a church can become on, on the staff, right? How, yeah. Oh yeah. How, you know, the, the, the church grows and then it grows in staff and it grows and grows in staff. But then if the church, you know, shrinks a little bit and the staff team goes down, all of a sudden everybody's going, well, we used to have somebody that did that. Now we don't, now we can't to do that anymore. Right. But that's just not true. Right. Most people just need to be developed. Is that is that right? Well, it's it's you know maybe we can't or 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 should we? You know. Right. If 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 we go from a church of five hundred to a church of one hundred, do we need to have the same level of programming? Is that wise? Right. 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 And and at that point, that's a point where we can ask. Hey, you know, one of the best things about COVID for churches is is they've been able to shed some of the sacred cow ministries that mm-hmm. you know had been just kind of limping along for years and, and pardon the phrase were resource hogs, right. You know, taking up time and money and, and who knows what else. And, and for churches to be able to say, we, we just can't do that. COVID um, has been, honestly, has been a blessing for the savvy leaders that have, that have been able to access that kind of stuff because right. there's stuff that, you know, hasn't worked since 1964 right. that, that, you know, because we're the church and we don't like to kill things, Right. You know, it has just been been limping along. And so maybe maybe we don't need to do some of that stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we can reallocate those resources. But at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, we we really as a church need to be developing and releasing people to go minister, you know. And if we don't have the volunteer base, 
to be able to go support some of these ministries, then a question should be, hey, do we really need to be doing this if we really don't have any support? Or, you know, have we lost sight or lost track of how to be able to prepare and release people for to, to pursue ministry in this way? Um, we keep talking about, you know, the, the three things. I went to seminary, so it's got to be an acronym, right? So <laughs> we're, t- we're talking about padding your staff team. So you're, we're encouraging churches now to look for people who are pastoral, okay. you know, because we, when we get into that specialist, we, we, you know, we think, oh, I just do graphic design. I don't have to pastor people, right? right, right. So pastoral, we're looking for people who are agile because who knows what the next apocalypse is going to look like right. and, and how that's going to change things. And so they need to be able to, to, to shift on the dime. And then we're looking for people that are developers. You know, they don't have to be the one that's up on stage. Right. They don't have to be the one that's doing everything. What they need to be doing is they need to be training people to own ministry and to lead ministry and to be able to go out and shepherd people while they are, you know, pastoring them. So that's, that's what we're encouraging people to look for. Um, cause I, th- I think that serve that, that bodes well for the church, especially, you know, most churches are what less than 500. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, especially those churches, especially churches of, you know, 70, 80, a hundred people. Um, the, the, the congregation really needs to be leading out some of this stuff. And so we need people that are equipping them to do that. So yeah. I can preach on that for, for, for days, man. That, that piece is interesting for me, especially the developer piece. Um, I was talking to a pastor about a year ago who was talking about the process that um, a lot of the churches that he knows go through. And uh, one of them is that a new candidate is asked to sort of rank you know, one to 10 or one to 15, sort of a bunch of their skills, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pastoral and preaching and going out and all of this stuff. Um, and and I, this isn't the only person that's told me this, uh, but he said, you always put preaching one and you always put pastoral care too, even if that's not what they are, uh, right. because that's just what everybody wants to see. <laughs> yeah. uh, but part of that is, is that's what everybody wants to see. People aren't used to that idea of, well, maybe actually a behind the scenes person, especially in that lead role could really be a benefit. Do you see candidates fudging their own resumes or shading towards what people think instead of like being, having the opportunity to just be honest about who they are. So a church actually knows who they're getting. Well, so, so cat candidates are playing to the crowd, right? Right. You know, ultimately, and that's part of being a candidate for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Part of part of being <laughs> a candidate is marketing themselves, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. You know, they need a job. They see your opening. They're going to read, and 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 this goes back to you know some of what we were talking about. It's just you know they they see what a job description says, and they're going right. to say, okay, you know, if they're if they're smart, they're going to say, oh yeah, I can do that. Right. You know, if they're smart, they're going to go and they're going to tailor their resume and their cover letter to what they see on the church's website, to what they see, you know, on the church's job description. And, and, you know, if they're going to do their research and and they're going to say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I love preaching, you know, oh yeah, I love doing pastoral care, Mm -hmm. you know, those, those types of things, because um, this is crass, but Hey, they're looking for a job. They got to pay their mortgage. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big part of what they're going to do. Now, the, the funny thing is, you know, a lot of times what the church is putting out there on job descriptions, what the church is putting out there on their website and their ads may or may not necessarily be what they want. Mm. 
or, or need, you know, going back to what we're saying, but sure. it may, may not be what they want. And, and, you know, one of the things that we see a lot of times is it's like, Hey, we need to hire a youth pastor. Right. We need to hire a senior pastor. We need a job description for that. And so people go to Google, right? Of course. And they rip off somebody else's and it's like, Hey, that sounds good. So let's just, <laughs> let's slap that up there, you know? Right. And, and so it, and, and it communicates something that doesn't necessarily, you know, communicate what it is that, that they're, that they're looking for. And so that's where that confusion all kind of comes in. So how do you, I mean, you do this for churches all the time. How do you help churches avoid that pitfall? How, you know, getting back to process, you know, yeah. what process does a church go through to make sure that yeah. they're actually putting out the thing that they want to come in? Yeah. So, so here's, here's what we talk about when we talk with churches, right? We're, we, we're encouraging churches to look for five things. Okay. Okay. There, we, we call it the five factors of a long-term healthy fit. And so much of what we're trying to do is get somebody in place for five years. Right now, I'm just going to tell you this up front. You know, people are going to say, you know, that, that this stuff is no brainers, but I'm also going to tell you churches don't do this. Right. Okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so here's, here's what we're looking for. We're looking for theological alignment. Right. Okay. You know, we're making sure that Wesleyans aren't going to Presbyterian churches. Right. You know, that Pentecostals aren't going to like, I don't know, John MacArthur's cessationist church. Right. <laughs> right. It's just those things that never work. Right. Now it's, you know, everybody says, oh yeah, we do that. But the, the trick of it is so many of our tribes in Christianity use the same things to mean such different things right same words or descriptions same words like you know spirit filled in one tribe is going to mean something way different right to the pentecostals that it will for again john MacArthur. of course yeah but job descriptions say we want somebody who's spirit filled right yeah you know we want somebody who can preach biblical sermons okay what's a biblical sermon right you know it's some of the words that we use have become trite And so one of the things that, you know, a church needs to do before even launching a search is saying, okay, so theologically, what are our closed fisted issues, Mm. right? What are those things that we will not budge on? Is it covenant baptism? Is it believer baptism? What, what, you know, is it, you know, where do you stand on women in ministry? You know, where are you on the reformed and Arminian spectrum? You know, those types of things. And, and realize, you know, what it is that, that you're holding to that are closed fisted. And then what are those open handed issues where if there's a little bit of, you know, wiggle room, you know, if, if somebody leans one way and, and we lean the other way, but we're not, you know, we're not angry about it. Right. You know, what, what are those things that, that are, that we're okay with? And so right. the theology piece is, is huge. And frankly, most churches don't sit down and think through this. Okay. So get, get an understanding of your theological non-negotiables up front and make sure that you're clear on those and make sure that you communicate those in a way that is clear beyond a shadow of a doubt that spirit filled to you means, oh, they need to speak in tongues at least four times a day or whatever that means. Right. Right. But so that's, that's the first piece. Okay. Um, Second piece for us is, is, is a cultural fit, cultural alignment. Okay. And we look at this two ways, you know, the easy one is geographic, right? You know, is somebody going to fit into our geographic culture? And that's, and that's fine. If that's not there, I mean, that's, that's something that's overcomable. It it just makes things a little difficult, but you know, most people can adapt culturally. I mean, that's, you know, we're called the, we're called the mission, right? 
the bigger piece for us is, you know, what type of church culture do you have? Okay. Because here again, you know, we're looking for a pastor to lead us. Well, that means one thing in a Baptist congregationally led where the congregation votes on everything type of a church. Right. And something totally different in, you know, a strong pastor led church where the pastor's word is basically rubber stamped by everybody. Right. right? right. So again, we use the same words for, for that stuff, but understand what your church culture is. You know, entrepreneurial church planner type leaders typically don't work well in super congregational um, churches where everything is voted on by committee. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've also seen where people go from like larger churches to smaller churches. And, and that's, that's a pretty rough step. You know, the, the church gets excited because it's like, oh, they've been at that 5,000 member church and, right, you know, right. it's been awesome and they've been leading worship there. And what they don't realize is that at that church, you know, yeah, they've, they've been leading worship. They may have been the worship pastor, but they've also had somebody that's been designing sets for them. They've had a whole separate team, but probably paid that runs all the tech stuff, you know, may have paid musicians, you know, all that kind of stuff you know, going down to a church of 500, you know, all of a sudden they're going to be the ones that are designing sets that are going to be, you know, running tech, all that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's a pretty significant step down too. So understanding the culture that you've got is super, is, is super important. And a lot of times we've got to remember that we're blind to our own culture. You know, it's, it's, it's like a fish in water, you know, it's just there. Yeah. Um, Third thing, personality, you know, that's, that, that makes a ton of sense for people. You know, we're all, God has fearfully and wonderfully made us, you know, we've all got quirks, you know, some of our quirks, you know, are livable with in, yep. in certain churches yep. in other churches, those quirks are going to cause a hostage situation. Right. <laughs> I, and so, I, I just love how you said like, that. So we just, you just don't think, I think a lot of people don't think about that stuff. Yeah. I, we, we just sort of interject it just because I just love that point so much. Um, we ran a landscaping company for quite a while here mm-hmm. Um, and although we would definitely look a resume and go, can you cut the grass? Can you lay something? The biggest thing that we would look at is, can I spend eight hours a day in a truck with you for six? Months? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If I can't, I don't care how good at this job you are. Yeah. Um, we're, somebody's going to fly out the door while the truck is moving and it's it. probably not going to be me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so exactly. It's a you know, huge and, piece. Yeah. And, and, and the beauty, I mean, the thing here is, you know, it's, it's much more painful to have to pay for a lawyer, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after you've, after you've done something horribly bad, you know, in reaction to this, than it is to wait another six months for the right youth pastor. Right. And so, yeah, the, the, the personality thing is, is huge, yeah. you know, and if you're saying bless their heart, or if you're saying, Oh, you know, they'll outgrow that during interview weekends. They, yeah. they won't, you know, they're on their best behavior there. So, so, um, so the fourth, fourth thing, right. Fourth thing is skill set. You know, have they done the job? Have they trained for the job? Can they do the job? Are they ready to step up? You know, that's, that's the easy part, right? right. You know, that's, that's a no brainer. And that's typically the first thing that people go to anyhow. So don't need to spend much time there. Fifth, fifth piece for us is, is chemistry, right. right? Is this somebody that you want to have over? you know, Tuesday night for barbecue. Is this, is this somebody that, you know, you want doing your daughter's wedding right? or sitting by your bedside, you know, at the hospital, you know, is this somebody that for the next five years, you're, you're kind of looking forward to it. Or is this somebody that, you know, you see their car in the church parking lot as you drive in 
and you're just going to sit out in the car for an extra 30 seconds, kind of stealing yourself. Right. You've been there. So those, those are the five things that we look for. Okay. Here's what most churches do. Okay. Right. This is what most churches do. Most churches look at skill set and then they look at chemistry. Right. And so they get the resume. They say, oh, that's a good church. Oh, yeah, they, they've got all the stats and the metrics and the numbers on the res. Of course, they can do the job, right? So let's let's interview them. And then, you know, you get them in an interview and it's like, oh, hey, I laugh at their jokes. You know, oh, he reminds me of my, nie- my, my nephew, you know, and, or something like that. Right. And, and you get far along in the process. And there might be this nagging feeling in the back of your head. It's like, hey, you know, I know that church theologically, they're different than we are, right. but it'll be fine. It'll you know? be okay. What's, it'll be okay. what's the worst that can happen? You know, he's got <laughs> dimples, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and, and sure enough, I mean, you can't overcome right. theological mismatches, cultural mismatches or personality mismatches. Um, and for, you know, it, you might get 18 months and then all of a sudden the frustration sets in. And then for the next 18 months, somebody's, you know, actively looking for jobs or you're actively looking to find fire them. Right. And that's not a good feeling at all. I, no. heard, I don't know if you watch um, and I don't know if this is something you, you feel like, too. And th- this is going off base a little bit. It's just something you said made me think of it. I, 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 you know, I've run into a lot of those Gary V videos before. Like, you know, that guy, he talks a lot and you know you kind of have to um you know talks a lot about staffing and whatever and and um sometimes you have to put it really quiet around the kids because he swears a lot but uh (laughs) but one of the things that he said is too that um a lot of times people don't people know right away whether it's a good hire or not like you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. like within that first three months but because we're the church we go well just kind of like what you said like well we kind of swallow it and we we know it's not right but but we feel like, you know, we're here now, we have to keep them. How do you, when, when you, you know, when a church goes through those pieces, those five pieces, they think they've got it right. But at the end, they know that they just missed it. You know, how does a church deal with that? Like, what's the, I know we okay. just took a total left turn. I'm, I'm so no, sorry. Just, so, so this is, this is good. So, so one, if you really do your homework on those five things, you're not going to miss it. Okay. Okay. I'll start there. But right. if you get in place and you know, you need to you need to apologize. You need to give them a really good severance package, and you need to end that relationship. Right. Okay. That doesn't sound very Christian. You know, one of the things when we first started, we used to give like a two year guarantee. Right. You know, you, okay. it's going to work out. And if it doesn't work out in two years, well, we we cut that to one. Right. Um, mostly because we wanted to we wanted to encourage churches. Hey, if you know this isn't going to work, don't hang on for two years of coaching. Right. You know, you need to, you need to pull the plug in that first 12 months. Otherwise it is going to cause you more trouble. So, you know, this is one of those things, you know, hire slow, fire fast. Right. It, it sounds, you know, it sounds unholy. It sounds, you know, not Christian like, but if you, if you know that it's not going to work, you know, you need to let that person go figure out what is going to work. Right. You need to let them go before they're so frustrated that it does significant harm to them, right. but also before it does significant harm to your organization, because, you know, somebody who's not, who's not able to do the job, somebody who's a, who's, who's culturally just not a good fit and makes things awkward and makes people have to sit in the parking lot for an extra 30 seconds in the morning, yeah, which is not a good feeling that drags, that drags down the whole organization. Yeah. And people can feel it on Sunday morning. 
Right. You know? Right. But we're so, so good at hiding it. What are you talking about? Nobody, oh, no, nobody knows. No, nobody knows. <laughs> you know what? I tell you what. My, my wife, my wife, Teresa hates going to new churches with me. Okay. Because within the first 30 seconds of a, of a service, you know, I can tell if the, if the worship guy and the senior pastor like each other. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, well, okay. A little bit, but not in the same way. So, okay. So, what do you see? When you see that, so There's, you've got an eye for that. What, what kinds of things can you see? And what are visitors seeing then? You know, it's, it's not seeing. It's, it's, it's a sense, right? It's, you feel it. It's heavy. Right. Right. You know, you, you feel it as you walk in, you know, volunteers are either really engaged right. and genuinely feel like they're ready for they, they're, they're excited to see you and they're and they're excited to be there. Right. Or there's this sense of, oh, I signed up for this and I didn't you know, I felt bad. It's like jury duty. Right. It's right. Like, <laughs> I couldn't get out of it this week, you know, and, and you get that sense or or or, you know, when it comes to like oh. staff relationships, you can see you know, do people genuinely like each other when they're on stage? And I don't, you know, it's hard to kind of figure out exactly what it is, but it's, we all deep down, we've got a sense of, you know, those two guys don't like each other very much. They're faking it for the good of the, you know, and the, and the smile is just a little too plasticky, right? You know, we can, we can, we can sense that. And that puts a, you know, that, that casts a shadow over the whole, over the whole service, Yeah, you know, it's, and it's typically, you know, you, you can tell pretty quickly it's worship and senior pastor and then senior pastor and executive pastor. If you're in a church that has those two roles, right. You know, those, those three roles, if they don't get together and, and they're not, they, they don't like each other and they don't work well together, man, the whole church feels it and knows right. it can't put their finger on it, but they know something is off kilter and out of sync. Right. You know? Right. So. And again, I get, this is why I like talking to you. Cause we just, you know, the best, I think the best uh, conversations that get recorded like this are the ones where you have, you know, six questions, you ask the first one and then we just talk for an hour. And then you never um, hit any of the others. Yeah. <laughs> here's a, I was talking to, uh, to an EP, to an executive pastor, um, maybe about two or three years ago. Um, because it's a skill set that I've wondered about for myself before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just said, you know, what, what are the, the things that you would advise? And, and one of the things that he said, two of the things that he said, and maybe you can expand on this, because I feel like that EP role is a really hard role. Yeah. Um, you know, he suggested one, it's really helpful if, if you have a relationship, like the person that's going into that role has a relationship with the senior pastor first, yep. like, because there's already that pre-built trust that exists. Mm-hmm. And the second part is, is that EP just really needs to comfortable sitting in that number two chair. Like they mm-hmm. need to love that number two chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know where these relationships fall apart. Um, but like as somebody who's done the role and then you know, puts, you know, uh, job descriptions together for that role. Can you talk about that role just for a minute and how the dynamics of that team are different, maybe from any other two staff positions? Yeah. So, so I think there's, there's a lot of, it's, it's a trust relationship, right? And, and that's, that's the big thing, you know, a good executive pastors going into that role, knowing, Hey, I am, I am not the guy, right? I don't want to be the guy. Right. Right. Um, I, I never will be the guy here. Right. My job is to support and defend and care for and be honest with, with the senior. Right. Right. And so, you know, and, and realize that, you know, the the executive pastor needs to be willing to fall on their sword. Right. 
and if they're, you know, so, so going into those roles, you know, I've, you, I've been executive pastor, a few different churches. Um, one of them I had to leave because I got to the point where I did not trust, um, the senior pastor just for some decisions that were made. And it's like, I could, and you know, so much in so much of our mentality is we need to fight for justice and I'm right. And, you know, I got to no, Right. You know, if it, now, if there's like, if there's horrible sin issues, right. If there is, you know, moral failures and that kind of stuff going on, that's, that's one thing. Right. But, you know, other, other types of, you know, maybe not, maybe wisdom issues, not moral, you know, type of disqualified for ministry type things. Um, that's, that's, that's a little bit different. And so my job was to serve well, was to protect the honor of the, of the senior pastor mm-hmm. was to execute, you know, the, the job description that I had and, and to play, you know, kind of a confidant and a, and a strategist role and a, and a right. speak into type of a role and be honest, but also, you know, at the end of the day, my job was not to go out and, and lobby for my agenda. Right. My job was to speak truth, be okay with it. If, if things went a different way and go out and lobby for the, for the agenda of the senior pastor. Um, that's a tough, that's, that's tough yeah. because we don't celebrate culturally those roles. Right. 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 We celebrate, you know, we all have this aspiration of being the guy up on the platform that, you know, and, and gets all the adulation and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, the XP role is, is kind of like a janitor. You know, right. go clean up the messes, you know, go <laughs> fix the, go fix the pipes, you right. know, go, go execute on things and let somebody else get, you know, get, get the glory for lack of a better word. And, and if you're not comfortable with that, don't, don't bother because yeah. it's, it's going to cause more, more trouble. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's times when we need to, we need to step back and, and walk away for the good of the church, mm-hmm. you know, because that season of serving, you know, in that XP role for that time is, is, is done. And there's other times when you just keep going, you know? So I don't, I don't know if that answers what you're asking, but I think no. that's, it's a different mindset. That's great. It's, it's, it's just a totally different, it's even, a, it's just, you know, I, growing up, I knew a lot of associates, but I mean, associate and, and executive pastor, you know, probably some things that are similar, but a little different. Um, so the five things that you said that we go through for me, that fifth one chemistry and that relationship between a senior pastor and, and an executive pastor, if they don't know each other yet, mm-hmm. um, or if it's somebody from outside the organization, how do you make sure those two pieces um, yeah. fit well? Cause that's so going to that, be the most important working relationship. You, right? You've got to hire slow right. in general, and you really need to hire slow on that one. Right. right. Okay. Now, when I'm saying slow, that doesn't mean take four years. Right. <laughs> but what, what it means is, you know, don't go through three interviews and say, hey, want the job? Right. You know, be intentional. And so where where those work best, you know, yes, you're going to have a search team. Right. Right. Yes, you're going to have, you know, a board speaking into this. But that that senior pastor needs to, if not have absolute veto power. Right needs to be able to say, Hey, I can work with this or I can't, you know, right. I've heard horror stories of churches that have forced an executive pastor on a senior pastor. And that, that always works. Right. No. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, 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 that works for about three months and then goes sideways pretty quickly after. Right. So, you know, the, the, the senior and the executive to be, you know, need to go spend some time together. Right. They need to go and, and, and spend time with, with their families together. Now we're not saying, Hey, they got to be best friends. Right. You know, they got to go on vacations together and all that kind of stuff that, cause I mean, no, I mean, if they do, that's nice. But what they what they need to be able to do is is know that um, that they can trust one another. You know, right. when we're when we're hiring for an executive pastor, we'll ask a pastor, OK, so what's going to trigger you in, oh. in an XP? Right. What what behaviors are going to trigger your insecurities and, and make you feel like what a they're working against you? Right. Yeah. yeah. And and. Honestly, for most people, it's the first time that they've ever thought about that. Yeah, that's that's a great question for any staff mm-hmm. position, right? Any any anybody who's going to work with each other. That's that's a good thing to know as a team when you're onboarding mm-hmm. somebody new. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great question. It terrifies people. Yeah, you know, because it, it requires us to get super honest with ourselves yeah. and yeah. really really lean in. And I mean, if you as a senior leader don't know what triggers your insecurities mm. um, that knowing, knowing that stuff. Right. Will, will improve your ability to lead, you know, exponentially. Right. If you can go figure some of that stuff out and then figure out how do I, you know, how do I recognize when that's popping up yeah. and how do I overcome so that I can think the best, because as soon as those insecurities are triggered, if we're not, if we're not aware of it, you know, we're instantly going to start thinking, you know, ascribing ulterior motives um, to somebody. And that, and that's, you, you can't come back from that. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's just, um, I've never thought about that. I've never thought about asking that question. I think internally, there's something that says, right, you're sitting in front of a candidate or a person, you're like, this person's going to bother me. Mm-hmm. But before that person is there to sit down and do that internal search, that is, um, yeah, that's, just so big i'm that you know that's worth the price of admission right there for me (laughs) yeah see and this is this is one of those things i mean going back to the theme here you know you can have the best interview questions ever right right you can have the best job description ever right if there is such a thing right now (laughs) right but if, if you're not doing the pre-work leading into the search, you know, right. do we really need this job? What does this job need to be? You know, right. if we move this job, if we move forward with this job, what areas do they need to do that kind of thing? Right? right. What is it that we need theologically in our church? What does our church culture require of somebody coming into it? You know, what personality quirks, you know, are, are going to drive us up the wall? You know, right. those, if you, if you're, if you're able to lay that stuff out, you know, you're able to identify early on, you know, is this person going to fit our culture? Is this person going to be a good fit for our team? Right. Or is this going to go sideways quick? Right. And that also, man, you know, the beauty of that is once you do that work, right. once you do that foundational work, once you, if you get somebody's resume, you can get a pretty good read on whether to move forward with them through that lens. Um you know, with taking, and we, we encourage people to take about 30, maybe 45 minutes per resume and instantly everybody hiring is just like, you want us to do what? Yeah. That seems Um, like a long time. 
It is, but it saves you so much down the yeah, road, right? Of course. So, you know, we when we do this, we're able to do it a whole awful lot quicker because I do this every day, right? Right, sure. But for, for churches that, you know, may do this once a year, may do this once every three, five, 10 years, however long, you sure. know, set aside 30 to 45 minutes. Look at, you know, take this person's resume, look at the last church they served at. You know, go dig into that church's website theologically, do they line up with, with where you guys are relatively closely, right? You know, does, does their video and everybody's got video now, right? Does their video of their Sunday morning service feel close to ours, right? right? Does this feel like something that's going to fit as we, as we read the theological tradition of this church or of the school that they went to, does that line up? You know, you're able to start to pick up on some of the things and say, Hey, there's, there's a mismatch here. You know, yes, the resume is pretty, you know, it is well, you know, it's got graphic treatment and all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. Yes, they're a great communicator. Right. But their theological tradition doesn't line up with ours, you know, or their style of preaching doesn't. I mean, they're more attractional. We want somebody who's exegetical, you know, or somebody that does verse by verse or whatever. Right. You know, spend spend the time on the resume. Because, you know, that's going to help you to put people into the no and maybe pile that look really good on paper. That would be a horrible fit for you guys, you know, that you're going to be tempted to hire because of how good they look on paper. Right. 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 And so that doing that homework, doing, you know, laying down that intentional and intentional foundation early on and spending the time, man, it's it is going to save you so much frustration in the long run. So I feel like that was a hard pivot. We just kind of ended up there. That's great. Uh, We're almost out of time here. So I'm going to get you out of here on this. Shocker. I think, I think the, uh, um, the, uh, well, I want to respect your time today. Uh, um, uh, I think that the best piece of advice, if I were to say, Hey, what's your best piece of advice? I think based on the theme that you've come across for the last hour, you would just say hire slow, (laughs) right? Do your back work and hired slow. What do you, you know, what's that next What's that next best piece? What's that? You can't forget to do this. Yeah. So hire, let's say hire intentionally instead of slow. Um, Here's, here's the other thing. And and, and everybody just needs to hear this now. Um, Traditionally churches have done a church centered process. Okay. Okay. When, when they're hiring somebody. Right. Um, Part of the reason we got into chemistry and we started chemistry was because we were tired of people getting kicked in the stomach by the hiring process. Right. One of the things that we constantly hear from people is that they've started to question their calling because of how churches have treated them in the hiring process. Okay. My last search, my last search, and, and, and this sounds more arrogant than I mean it to be, but it's like, I'm a good candidate, right? Sure. Yeah. I've got an MDiv. I've got an MBA. I've worked at some great churches, you know, a couple decades of experience and, you know, just, you know, my references are amazing. I mean, it's just, it's sure. Well, you pay them well and that's what I pay them well, yeah. you know, and they're, they, they understand what happens. If I, you know. So, so I, um, I'm one of those geeky people that would put like a tracking pixel in, in the emails I sent out. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, I, I put a tracking pixel in the emails I sent out with my resume. Um, and of the ones that were open in my last search, 85% of those churches never sent me an email back. Wow. They never said anything like, hey, thanks for the resume. They never said, we hate you, go away. They never right. said, hey, we've already hired. Next steps are 85%, okay? Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm a good candidate for an XP role. Right. 
understand that this is the experience that most of the people that you're, that, that you're going to be interacting with have. Right, okay. Right, right. One of the best things that you can do is be intentional with your communication and make sure you communicate with everybody. Here's why. Um, start, are you, have you heard the, the third, the third space concept? I have not. Okay. So Starbucks, you know, Oh they, yes, yes. Sorry. Yes. I have. Yes. Of course. Well, for, yeah. for those, for those who haven't right. Starbucks, they went and they ripped off something from the church and made up millions and billions. Right. Of right. Right. So <laughs> their, their concept is that Starbucks, they want to be the third space. Everybody right. has their home life. That's their first space. They've got their yeah. work life. That's the second space. And the third space is their community space. Right. Where right. People come together and interact all that kind of stuff. Right. right. So here's the deal. Um, most people, have those three spaces. Pastors, ministry workers don't. We don't have the luxury of having three spaces. Okay. A minister's life. That's true. That's a hard truth, but it is true. Their work life, their community life, and their home life are one space. They're all the same. And if church is going bad, so is home life. So is community, right? Yeah. And so when you are talking to somebody, when somebody has the guts and the courage to send out their resume, mm-hmm. you need to understand that they can't share what they're going through with their community, mm-hmm. with their workplace. Right. You know, they can with their family, but probably not with the four-year-old because it's going to get out. Right. But, you know, and, and most <laughs> of the time, with their older kids, they, yeah, 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 they can't, they can't really share this outside of with their spouse. And so yeah. typically it's them and their spouse. And they're saying, we're about to blow up every sphere of our life right now in order right. to leave this job. Right. If it gets out to their community, if it gets out to their workspace, most churches are going to hand them a box. Yeah. And so they're in, they're alone. Um, they may have a couple of mentors that they're working through this with, but for the most part, they're in a, they're in a place where it is, it is tough. Yeah. And so for them to send out a resume and not hear and get crickets, right. they, it's, 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 it's easy it's for us to there. say, you know, am I really called? Right? right. If if they send out a resume and you send them back a 17 page questionnaire that asks questions like, you know, how healthy is your family? Right. You know, because you're trying to figure out, well, down here, they ask that question to figure out how much they're going to have to pay for health insurance. Oh, gosh. You know, just right. tacky stuff like that, that, you yeah. know, technically should be illegal, but, you know, it's church and you just kind of play the game. Yeah. Um, if that's the first response, you're going to lose out on some of the sharper candidates, right? You know, we, we encourage you to do a candidate centered approach, right? What does that mean? That means be proactive with communication, Mm -hmm. you know, have a communication schedule. You get a resume and you say, Hey, here's thanks for the resume. Here's what the next step is. Here's when you can expect to hear from us by and communicate, right? right? Let them know. So work that be honest with them, be kind, um, be compassionate, because the, the better you treat, you know, the candidates that, that God has entrusted you with and hear that, right? right? God is entrusting you with candidates. That's a huge thought. Who thinks about that? I mean, you do, but I've never con- even considered that. Before. Yeah. In their vulnerability, they're reaching out to you to consider whether this is a potential job or not. Wow. Right. Yeah. Shepherd them well, even if you have to say no. Right. And if you have to say no, say no. Yeah. And, and be kind when you do it, but, but, you know, communicate clearly, Hey, this probably isn't going to be the right fit for you, Yeah. but shepherd them. Well, not only does that, you know, reflect well on you and make you a church that people want to be a part of and want right. to serve at, 
but frankly, it it serves the church that they get hired on to well, because that's one less bad experience that they've got to go through therapy for. Right. 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 And so, you know, do that. Well, best, best job interview of my life. Okay. okay. Best job interview of my life. Um, 15 minutes into it. The, the executive pastor looks at me and says, Hey man, you know, I think you're incredibly sharp and talented. I'd love to have you on the team, but this is not the right job for you. Right. We are looking for somebody with this skill set. Here's your skill set. And this is why it doesn't work. Wow. And it's like, thank you. Yeah. You see me. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you get me, you've invested in me, but you've been clear. Right. Right. And so many times we get afraid of being mean that we're not clear. And so to be unclear in this process is to be unkind and do damage. And so be clear with people, be kind. But understand that you have a responsibility as, as the church to shepherd these guys well, because they are, they're in a hard spot. And so have a little bit of compassion there and make it, you know, be as, be as candidate centered as you can possibly be, because that's, that's going to reflect so well in you guys. And it's going to retain, it's going to keep the, the really strong candidates in your process until you make a decision. So that's just there's no better spot to end the advice than that. That's incredible. Um, talk about chemistry for a minute. What do you do? How do you help people? How can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So chemistrystaffing.com. Um, that's that's the easiest place to find us. There's all sorts of resources on there. You know, we've got a bunch of playbooks if you're going through a search process. So we'd love to be able to um, give those to you to, to work through it. We, we basically we're, we're helping churches find people that are going to be in place for five years or longer. I mean, that's, that's the goal. So we do some coaching as well and all that kind of thing, but our, our core business is search, you know, and we'll, we'll work with churches to help them find their pastor, their executive pastor, all that kind of thing. So, so how, who gets, do, do churches get a hold of you? Can candidates, candidates get a hold of you too? How does that work? Just anybody who's looking or. Yeah. So, so um, just, just for clarity's sake, churches pay our bills, right? <laughs> you know, church, churches make sure that I, you know, that I can, I can pay for the air conditioning in January down here in Orlando. Um, You're welcome. We've got, we've got the natural air conditioning right out here. You can come up and check it out. Yeah. um, (laughs) I'll wait wait till July. Um, So, so yeah, churches, we, we work for churches, um, but we're always looking for candidates. We're always looking for people that are looking to make a transition. And, you know, we, you know, if you look at our database right now, there's like 10, maybe 15,000 people in our database that are looking for jobs. Okay. And, and I think we're working with maybe 50 or 60 churches right now. And so we wish that we could place everybody. Um, we try as hard as we can to make this process as human as possible. We're not perfect. Right. Um, but if candidates are looking, you know, if we, one of the things that we try to do is if, if we say no to somebody before they get to the interview stage, we try to make available one of our, one of our coaches just to have a quick conversation to get a sense of where they are. And so happy to do that. Wish we could do it for, for everybody. Wish we were perfect, but you know, there's only so many of us and yeah. you know, we, we, we do our best if that makes sense. So yeah, for sure. Well, thanks so much for that. We're going to put all those links uh, to everything that you talked about and uh, your contact information attached to this episode so that people can get a hold of you if they're looking or, or their church is looking. Um, yeah. Just and, an unbelievable. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you, know, you, you triggered something there, so if, if you are kind of getting to a point where you're in process, one of the things we've got on our, and I'll give you the link for this. One of the things on our website that's super helpful is we've got a couple books. One's called Before You Go and one's called When to Leave. 
Okay. Um, Wade Hodges wrote these years ago, and I think it's, they're probably the best resources for people contemplating transition. He has gifted those to us to be able to give out to pastors. Wow. I mean, incredibly, incredibly generous of him. Right. Um, and I tell people all the time, you know, if you read this, grab a box of tissues, read it with your spouse nice. and remember it's a PDF. So don't go throwing it across the room because that's expensive, <laughs> right? <laughs> But it's a bunch of questions that we need to be thinking about, you know, before we make a jump. And so, you know, that resource is there too, for if you're, if you're in that transition and I hope you'll, I hope you take advantage of that if you're thinking through that. Very cool. Well, Matt, thanks so much. I hope we get to do this again sometime. I know you and I are going to stay connected, but uh, for everybody who had the benefit of listening to you for the last hour or so, uh, this has just been um, huge. So thanks so much for doing it. I really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime, Mike. I really appreciate it. Really love what you're up to, too, and the churches that you're getting to serve. So thank you for, for your work. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right.